welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. Today I am joined by my lovely fiance, Alejandra Hernandez, and we are going to take a deep dive into human design and how you can use it to do work that you love. I think this is a really important episode as the majority of us are in a job or have a job that we may or may not love completely. And I think that this episode really shines light on how you can use human design in order to better understand how you can better show up in your job of choice. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you, I appreciate you, and as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Have another amazing episode for you where I am lucky enough to be joined by my fiance, Ale Hernandez of Empower Change. How you doing, babe? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm excited for this episode. Yeah, we're going to take a nice deep dive. We literally just got home from visiting Ali's family in Maryland, got off the plane, and we're getting to record because we're that excited about it. And what we're going to dive into today is human design and doing work that you love. Ali, how would you describe that and why it's important to you? Oh, we're deep diving. Okay. How would I describe that? Why is it important? Well, I mean, as a career coach, the way that I've decided to uplift and to coach people is through supporting them in doing work that feels good for them and doing work that feels aligned for them. And it's important for me because I went through my own experience and I think you can also know from your own experience on why you do the kind of coaching that you do and why you help people up-level themselves in all realms of their lives is a lot in due because of your experience and the struggles that you've had, you know, in your physical health, emotional health, spiritual health, and Mm -hmm. so forth. And for me, it's very much the same where my experience in finding work that I find encouraging, finding work that I find joyful, finding work that I actually wanted to do was such a long journey for me of trial and error and really just kind of taking things that I thought would work and it not work and feel disappointed and feel guilty. I just went through so many cycles of disappointments with different jobs and I went in so many different industry. So it wasn't even like I was doing one company, same job over and over, you know, to really be able to try so many different things for me, then got to the place of, whoa, this is what I love to do, which is coaching. I wind up getting into coaching and finding that that was something that I love to do and being able to experience life from a place of not enjoying work, which is what I did for about eight years, seven years to the place of enjoying what I do was completely life-changing. And it was just a light bulb went off and was like, imagine for me, the importance is imagine how much we can create in this world when people are doing work that they enjoy. And not that we have to make that all fluffy, like every day is going to be beautiful. You know, I think in that way, I kind of compare it to relationships where it's like, yeah, 
yeah, some days there's going to be things that you don't like. Some days there's going to be parts of the job that aren't ideal, but the beauty that we can create, the kind of efficiency that we can have, the productivity that we can have, the harmony that we can have when people enjoy the work that they do, I think that space is so untapped and we're beginning to uncover that, especially after 2020 and the pandemic. Yeah, you make so many great points and something that comes up for me as you speak into all that is how I often hear this narrative that, oh, work isn't supposed to be fun or like work isn't meant to be enjoyed. And for me, it's just like, says who? Like, where does that even come (laughs) from? And I could see how so many people would be miserable at their job if they're, or I wouldn't even say miserable, I I won't be that dramatic, but just not feeling fulfilled with their job when they have this story running in the background that, oh, work is not supposed to be enjoyable. Work's not supposed to be fun. And it's crazy because I think that's why so many people are always looking forward to the weekend. And then the second that they realize that Monday's around the corner, it's all this dread. It's all of this sadness, anger, frustration. Insert your favorite, you know, verb in there and understand that it's really coming from this place of not having fulfillment or any type of joy and happiness within the job. Mm -hmm. Ali, what would you say or how would you say that human design or understanding your human design can help somebody better understand what does like a really fulfilling job or doing work that they love look like? Right. So in case, you know, people came into this episode, maybe it's their first episode and you haven't heard of human design at all before. In general, human design is a system that is based on your birth time, location and birthday. And with that, you get this really an energetic blueprint on how you are best designed to live your life. And that's going to look like how you're best designed to make decisions, attract opportunities, manifest your purpose, how you really process information, how you work well with others. There's a plethora of information that I'm able to see now from what we call your body graph. And in astrology, it's called birth chart. So some people are a bit more familiar with that kind of language. But that's what human design is. It's a system that really allows you as a as a person to look at it and use it as a tool to experiment with and see as you're experimenting with how you can best live in alignment for yourself. And it really takes on the reality that we are all these unique individuals. And so when we try to live by very standardized mantras or standardized like ways of being and how to operate and how to run a business or how to find a job, sometimes they don't fit well because it's not a one size fits all. So in terms of human design, what I see in terms of how to use it to really be able to help people find work that they enjoy doing, to even be able to clarify that process, it's really beginning with the most basic pieces, which in human design we'll refer to as your type, your strategy, and your authority. And there's a couple of other pieces as well that I like to talk about in a very high-level way. But with that, if you look at your human design, these, again, these body graphs, are really detailed into who you are and how you operate. So at the highest level, if we look at your type, we go ahead and start with generators, which also encompass manifesting generators. And these are about 
almost 70% of the world's population. And so, you know, it's the vast majority. And when it comes to generators, we'll we'll call pure generators. These are people who really like step-by-step processes, people who have this kind of like consistent energy amongst them that they're really able to like see a project come through. And so when I think about generators, and again, it's just the most basic part is like, what first thing is like, what are the things that really light you up is being able to start from that place? What are the things that you see coming into your space already that have been kind of been laying out this breadcrumb of a trail of like these are the things that I enjoy doing and that's such a basic part to really start with generators and manifesting generators that are are what are the things that are lighting you up right now and if you're for example a generator or a manifesting generator and you're in a job and you're feeling really bored and you're not using up your energy or you're feeling restless and things like that it's being able to create a little bit of space even if that has to be outside of your job right now. So let's say you're a generator, manifesting generator, you uh, hate your job, you think it's boring, you, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you're in the place right now where you simply cannot afford to take a pause, to quit the job, to, you know, do any of these things. It's being able to then create the space outside of the job if necessary to see where are the things that are lighting you up because that is the most important thing with generators and manifesting generators. You're really designed, in what human design we say is to respond, which just simply means like whatever's coming in your space is, are you being let up by it or are you being like, oh, like this sucks, I don't wanna do that. Like really being able to pay attention. So that's just starting with generators and manifesting generators at the, as a type at the highest level. And then we go into um, manifesting generators. I wanna just flesh out a little bit more because even though they're not a entirely a separate type they are they have distinctions by um instead of pure generators they're very multi-passionate people so a lot of my clients have actually been manifesting generators and with that a lot of what i see with manifesting generators is this a lot of the drama that comes up of I love so many different things and feeling this pressure to kind of really figure out whether it's an entrepreneur, it's usually a lot of niche drama. It's a lot of like, I don't know what, um, who my niche is, who my audience is. Like, I just want to be like, I want to do all the things. That's a lot of times what I hear from entrepreneurs who are manifesting generators. We abbreviate that to MGs. And then when it comes to people looking for jobs, it's a lot of times like, yeah, I just like, like all these different things. I don't know what I want my next step to be and so forth and so forth. So when it comes to manifesting generators again really paying attention to what's lighting you up right now and understand that you are multi-passionate people it is completely normal what you're experiencing is normal the drama about loving so many different things is normal and from there it's really being able to understand that that next step can really be what is lighting me up right now? What is it that I'm feeling really fueled by right now? And don't worry, like, listen, the whole like work a job for 30 years and retire, that narrative is is done. Like we're not doing it anymore. So don't feel the pressure that your next role needs to be the next 15 years of your life. The next role, like if your goal is really being able to find work that you love, then what is it that's lighting you up right now? And what's the kind of jobs that can really 
be a part of that and understand that no one job is going to fulfill every single need that you have, which I think going back to the relationship kind of um, comparison is like no person that you even decide to spend your life, they can't fulfill every single need that you have. No job is going to do the same thing. So that's one of the distinctions I like to make for MGs. And I know I can always go off about human design. So do you have anything to comment on that before I go more down the rabbit hole? No, I think that's great. I think, you know, for me, better understanding my own clients, human design and people who I have relationships with has been so important because now I better understand how their energy works. I better understand what does light them up. I better understand what type of actions or even inactions are going to help them show up as their best self in the world. So let's keep the good times rolling. (laughs) Okay, lovely. So what I'm going to do is I want to just throw out some questions that are really great for different types to reflect on. So if you're listening to this while you're driving, you can just come back and re-listen or reflect on it right now as I spit these questions out. Um, Or you can write them down if you're not driving or doing something else. But questions really great for generators to reflect on and manifesting generators as well is take inventory on what do you feel the most lit up by? Like literally look at your day. What are the things that you feel lit up by? And what are the things that are completely draining you? What are the tasks that you feel the most depleted by? Are you knocking out as soon as you get to bed or are you having trouble sleeping? That's a really big indicator as well. You know, generators are designed to hit the bed and just knock out if they've really used their energy in satisfying ways. If you're feeling really restless at night, it's likely because you're not using up your energy in satisfying ways and there's just like built up energy in there. Are you feeling energized throughout the day or do you feel tired and depleted? If you are a generator and you're working on seven different projects, how do you feel? Do you feel burnt out? Do you feel frustrated? Do you feel like you're spreading yourself thin? That's a really big one for pure generators. And if you're a manifesting generator and an MG, are you trying so hard to focus on one thing? Are you trying so hard to really be super specific about what your business is about or super specific about what job you need to do? And does that feel exciting for you? Those are big questions that I ask for generators and manifesting generators. And from there, we can go into projectors, which we're biased because we are both projectors. (laughs) Shout out to all the projectors out there. Yes, we are both projectors and projectors are what we refer to as the guides. So generators and manifesting generators are like the builders. These people are like the energizer bunnies. They like really get things going in terms of like building things out. Projectors are the guides. These are the advisors and they're about 20% of the world's population, a little bit less than that. And so it is more of a, it's a minority. And with projectors, we are, the biggest thing is we are not here to do all of the work in terms of like labor output. Uh, Alvi, I know you've talked a lot about in other episodes, yin and yang, and really like out output and input and how we use our energy and projectors are not designed for yang you know eight hours a day the way that a lot of our corporate culture 
is designed, it is not well-fitting for projectors. And it's because we really are here to be able to support in other people guiding their energy. We have a very unique way in the way that we see the world, in the way that we understand other people's energy, in the way that we connect with people. Oftentimes, is a very like intimate one-on-one setting is where we tend to have our prime. And so with projectors, the big biggest things that I make note of is really how you're feeling right now in terms of where you are of feeling health-wise and whether you're burnt out. Because a lot of, because projectors are a minority and we live in this like hustly, go, 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 output, output kind of world, projectors oftentimes are conditioned to feel like there's something wrong and I need to be like that. And we can then really get into like almost like wanting to hustle so hard that we're hustling even more than generators and we're like just trying to make up for what we feel like is lacking and can really lead to a lot of health issues quite frankly down the line if we don't catch it sooner and so with projectors it's really taking a note of it's not that corporate America or a nine to five is completely out of the picture. Unfortunately, like I said, a lot of it isn't designed for projectors. And so if you are a projector and you're just feeling soup, like nine to fives are just not working and you're feeling so frustrated by that, that is completely normal. That's completely normal. And like I said, it's because often we're really we're being put in a setting where we're asked to be somewhere and do work for eight hours where it's just simply not great for the way that our energy works because it it ebbs and flows. We have energy and it goes in and it goes out. And we're also very absorbing of other people's energy. And so when we're in other spaces with other people, we're absorbing their energy. So then we're in a place where we're now in the sense for if we're in a nine to five, we're being forced. And, you know, this is our choice in terms of being in this job. But when we're not aware of it, we're being forced to absorb someone else's energy for eight or nine hours a day on the low end, really, eight or nine hours a day, and we're not even aware of it, that we're absorbing and we're amplifying this. So again, projectors are really the teachers, the guides um, in, in the world that we have here. And so a lot of times with projectors, what's really great is being able to be in a space where you can guide people, where you can manage people. Like projectors can be great managers, especially in you know newer corporate spaces that are recognizing like this old way of like, you need to be in the office from these hours. Like that even then is changing so much since the pandemic. So many companies are realizing that that's not what their employees want. And so I think with projectors, it's really recognizing where do you feel so seen and valued? That's so important for projectors is where do you feel appreciated? Where do you feel like people appreciate what you see, what you are able to provide in terms of your insights as opposed to tangible work production where do people really come to you and ask you for your advice or ask you for your guidance because these are prime places and these are the kinds of people that are going to be able to use your energy in the best way as opposed to asking you for you know output for eight hours a day like I've been saying 
So some of the questions to reflect on for projectors is where do you feel the most recognized? Who do you feel the most recognized by? Where do you feel overlooked? That's really important to really take a note of is where do you feel overlooked? Are you giving yourself time for input? Input, you want to talk a little bit about what a good input would be? Yeah, I mean, all, all things that are involved in allowing you to fill up your own cup. So input in the ideas of rest, sleeping, getting a massage, rolling out, getting some great stretching in, reading something that you really enjoy, getting some leisure time in. Really all of those things that you get to do that allow you to re-energize yourself and feel like you have a little bit more of a boost so that you can go out in the world and take on the day. Exactly. And that's so important for projectors is really balancing, you know, for everyone, it's like projectors because their energy ebbs and flows. It's really important for them to have that alone space for that input, which is another reason why office spaces tend to be a challenge for projectors, because there isn't really unless you are at the level where you have your own office. A lot of times, you know, people in their 20s, they're working in spaces where they're usually like right across or they're in one big space with a bunch of different people and so there isn't that alone space where our energy is separate from someone else it's like we're constantly absorbing other people's energy and that can be really depleting day in and day out so a big thing if you're feeling in a space in terms of you're not doing work that you love right now or in in whether you're an entrepreneur you're looking for a job it's really being able to think about what are the kinds of jobs or the kind of business that I want to run where I'm able to leverage the way that I'm able to provide guidance that that can be in the form of coaching that can be in the form of consulting in the form of being a manager you know however you want to see it and what are the companies that are going to be able to understand that the old fashion of me being here from these hours and just constantly outputting is not going to be a great fit for me and that's not impossible like you know, that sounds really scary because it's just outside of the norm, but it's not impossible. And I won't go too into deep in terms of like how I would necessarily go about what that method would be like. But that's why I say networking is so important. When I talk about with my clients is we go really so much deeper in all into all of this work. But that's why networking is so important because you're able to have conversations with people. You're able to learn what it looks like within a corporate space, you know, people can say all day and night, we value our employees, work-life balance, all of these things. It looks super cute online, but you don't know what it's actually like within the company. And so that's why networking and things like that are so valuable because you're able to have conversations with real people and get to know what it's like to actually be in a company. And at the same time, people can then get to know you for who you are and what you offer and that that doesn't necessarily have to be I'm in this office space for all of these hours and I'm outputting 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 but people can actually be able to understand that the best way to leverage you is to really be able to use the kind of insights that you have and that's my whole spiel on projectors (laughs) I always give a little extra love considering we are both projectors and then we'll go on to manifestors So manifestors are the initiators and the visionaries of our world. And this is about nine to 10 percent of the world's population. And again, I like 
I feel like I don't want to advocate that all projectors and manifestors just quit their jobs. Manifestors tend to also not have the most fun in nine to fives or it just doesn't feel as like a natural fitting because they are the visionaries and initiators. So they really don't like being told what to do. And they really don't they really don't like when people attempt to control them. And a lot of people do want to control manifestors because of the way that they are. They even their aura is all of our auras have a kind of a way that it functions in human design and manifestors are closed and repelling. And when I first read that, I was like, that sounds pretty rude. (laughs) Like for someone's aura to be closed and repelling. But it's actually so necessary for manifestors because they're such powerful beings and it's unconsciously known by other people. And then it creates this like, I need to control that person. Like, I don't know what that person's up to. And it can be so unconscious. Like, no one's saying those words, but they do. It's like this energy of, like, wanting to control the manifester. And manifestors, for them, you know, it's really been able to come to a place as, like, how do they integrate into this world where where their vision is valued, but they're also not doing those eight, nine, ten, whatever hours of output. They are also, these are powerful, powerful beings. And when they have energy to do something, it's like, bam, it's just like coming out and they're getting it done. But they're still, they're meant to really be able to, we're all meant to coexist and to live in harmony and to support each other by leveraging each of our different energies and the way it works. So manifestors are designed to really be able to have the support of generators and manifesting generators to build out their vision. And so if you are a manifester and you are either looking for another job, the biggest thing I'll say is really looking into where you are feeling confined, where you feel like you can freely express yourself, where you feel like your vision is being valued and where also the big thing is like, where do you have autonomy? That's really important. You know, there's some companies that just have a very particular way on how they want to do things and people need to run through this funnel and people need to follow this protocol. And that might not be a place for you unless the particular protocol that they go by is something you enjoy Places that really are cookie cutter and kind of run people through a particular way may not be for a manifester because they do tend to require a lot of autonomy. They need to be able to kind of just have the freedom to do things that, in the way that they want to do things. Uh, so if you are a manifester and you're feeling like really confined in a job, completely normal, completely, completely normal. And it's really, again, it's not impossible. It's like just finding places where, where can you have autonomy? Where is your vision really being valued? So in terms of questions, I think that those are the big ones is like, who is asking about what my vision is? Who values my vision? Am I nurturing myself to even have a vision? Do I have a vision? Those are really big questions because if you're not, if you are a manifester and that and like you, you hear me say like visionary and you're like you immediately get this like insecure or like like reaction of like, no, that's just that's not me. I don't really have like big visions. 
then I really want you to start looking at that and being like, how is that true? Like, did I have visions when I was younger? Like, was I the one where it's like, we're going to go and do this? Like, even if it sounds so silly as like, this is where our birthday party is going to be. And you were like that seven year old, like, this is where the vision is. Like, just think and reconnect to these different places of your life of where that could have shown up for you. And I think that can maybe speak into what we in human design called conditioning, where maybe you've learned that your vision isn't valued or your vision scares other people. You know, that's another thing like manifestors may have a vision and other people might just be like, no, that's like that's kind of wild or they like just they can't perceive it. And so they then unintend like with no intention can have say words that you then react as like, oh, okay, so that was dumb or like that. That's too big. So I would really be able to play around with those kinds of things is like, where can you have autonomy? And um, a big thing that I I always say for manifestors is like, it's very important for you to also inform people of the vision that you have and the decisions that you're making before you take action because you have such an impact on people. And a lot of times manifestors don't really consciously know that. They don't really know that their decisions have such a big impact, uh, but, but they do. So even if you are in a corporate space and even if you do have a lot of freedom and autonomy, um, just making sure that there's clear boundaries on what you're communicating to people above you or people below you so that everyone's in the loop of where you're taking this boat. That's a big thing on manifestors. And then the last one is reflectors, which um, is so rare. <laughs> They're so rare. They're about one percent of the world's population and so it's super interesting reflectors their aura is very it's described as sampling and so these are people who are essentially are mirrors like they're called reflectors because they are the mirrors in our society they really mirror what we're doing and who we are so if you do happen to have a dear friend or close person that is the unicorn of a reflector and they are acting a certain way with you or the way that they're being with you it's oftentimes a direct reflection of how you're being. Mm. And so I would take that in the way of like whatever you perceive to be good. If you see a reflector being that way with you, then you can understand like, okay, where where is it that I'm showing this? And the same thing, if you've got something like negative to say about a reflector, I'm not going to say always, but just like take the time to be like, how could how could I be showing up in this way? Because that's what reflectors are really designed here to do. They reflect, they're, re, they're here to reflect who we are as a society and as individuals as well. And so uh, for reflectors, biggest thing to really allow you to know if you are listening, first of all, hit me up on Instagram. I'd love to talk to you. Sure. <laughs> if you're a reflector, biggest thing for you to know is that you are so rare and the way that you see the world is so rare and you're not designed to be one thing. You are here to morph. You're here to be able to mirror us. You're here to be able to sample all the beautiful different energies. You know, you can feel like an MG. You can feel like a projector. You can feel like a manifester. You're really here to morph. And it's such a fascinating way of, of being in the world. And it is so rare that it can feel alone the very few reflectors i have had conversations with like before they find human design it's like just this feeling of feeling like they don't know who they are or feeling like 
that they're they're phony because they they kind of change when they're around different people. It's like you are here to really be able to mirror back, which means that you're going to morph in order for us to see who we are in you. So that's completely what you're designed to do and that can I can only, you know, imagine feels can be such a hurdle to really understand once you once you find human design. And so reflectors, the biggest things is you're so sensitive to the environment and so all of us should really strive to be in environments that are positive for us. Not to say that um, other types shouldn't. With reflectors in particular, you will find that your environment will really, really have an impact on whether or not your job is going to feel good. So if you're in a work environment and it's toxic, you know, that's going to be harmful to anyone. But in particular for a reflector, like you are just going to soak that in and you will really feel the repercussions of that pretty soon. And whether or not you want to do something about it, like that's completely in your power, but just understanding that you are very sensitive to your environment. So a big thing that I would really have questions for a reflector is like, where do I feel like I can be me? No matter what that looks like on any given day. Where do I feel like I can be me? Where do I feel like I am accepted? And where do I feel like I can express myself? Like really being able to think about these questions of like, where can I be me no matter what that looks like is really important for reflectors. And where do you feel, again, valued? Where do you feel like you're very unique perspective is valued and Erin Claire Jones is a human design analyst and one of the things she has joked around a few times is like the ideal job for a reflector is like the CEO whisperer it's like the person Mm -hmm. that whispers in the CEO's ear because they have such an ability to be able to see things the same way that projectors can is just like they're really able to morph and like blend into different areas of, in this case, the company and be able to report back to the CEO on like how they see things going. So that's a, that's a big thing that I would say for reflectors and understanding that you who you are and your identity, like it's meant to be fluid and that's completely okay. So I wouldn't attach your job with like, this is who I am as a person for the rest of time. Because that can feel like such an, an overwhelming and almost impossible task. Yeah, such a great point. This idea that we don't have to solely identify ourselves by our jobs and our yeah. occupations and the work that we do in the world. And it's it's so interesting because I feel like it's the first question somebody asks, like whether it's a networking event, whether they're just <laughs> meeting someone for a uh, first time, whether it's on a first date. It's like, oh, so like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I used to be very, you know, facetious with it, just say like, "Oh, I live life to the fullest." <laughs> kind, of, kind of just being a being a dickhead about it. But um, yeah, it's just such a funny question. And, yeah. And I love how you how you explain like, you know, for all of us, we're so much more than just the job that we do. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, for the majority of us, our job takes up um, such a big part of our time and our schedules. So why not be in a job or a career and basically be in a job and a career where you're enjoying the time that you're spending there, or at least the majority of it. Yeah. And I think human design is such a powerful tool 
and allowing you to better understand what are the best types of situations to be in when it comes to your career. Mm -hmm. Ali, what would you say are some of the just the information people will need if they do want to go out there and find their human design? Yeah. And so I'm for in terms of finding your human design, the easiest way that I have found is if you go to jovianarchive.com, you put in your information. Again, it's based on your birth time, your birthday, and your location. As long as you have those things, most of the time people just need to text their mom and ask them what time they were born. But if you don't know that, maybe your birth certificate as well. And having in your birth time in there. That's going to provide you with, again, what I call in human design, it's called your body graph. When you look at it, you might be like, what the hell is this? This is weird. But at the very least, you'll be able to read what your type is. It'll tell you your type, and those will be actual words. It'll tell you your profile, which we didn't even touch upon today, and is also an important piece that I go through with my clients so that they really understand your profile is all about how you're here to manifest your purpose. So it's like a very important piece that we talk about in career coaching to be able to support you and how is it that you show up in this world and how can you leverage that as a strength in your next role? So that's your profile and you'll be, it's going to look like a fraction and you'll see that you'll see your type, your strategy and your authority. And again, we only went through types today. Authority is all about your decision-making process. And this is really important in the way that I uh, walk through it with my clients is all about when we're doing the exploration process on different jobs that we're finding interesting is really taking into account this authority that we have. Uh, Some people are going to be emotional, which means that they really need to be able to give themselves time to feel all the different feels. We're very emotional. When we have our emotional solar plexus defined and we are an emotional authority, we are very emotional people. We go through high highs and low lows. You know, the way that, we're really designed to make our decision is to allow ourselves to feel all the feels so that when we make a decision, it's coming from a place of like, okay, I cried, I laughed, I'm good. I, this is how I feel. And I'm ready to make this decision. And even then it will, it might not feel like a hundred percent, but we're almost there. <laughs> so the joke for emotional authorities is like, I'm almost sure now. So we can make a decision from that place from giving time. But with my clients, I, I keep that authority in mind in order to be able to look at these different jobs and really get clarity on why we're, you know, the client is abandoning certain career paths and is really going down the rabbit hole with other career paths because it's design. It's the way that you're designed to make decisions and that's different for different people so I went through the emotional real quick there's also sacral which is all about the gut so you know that's going to be the trust your gut kind of mantra that we always hear then there's also splenic which is what you are bebe you are splenic and that's all about intuition it's this uh, you know gut and intuition are actually two different things Um, that we talk about in human design with your spleen being your intuition and that's this body knowing it's this simple knowing within your body that this is the decision for me and the sacral gut tends to be a bit more of like a kick in the gut where it's just like and you feel it more in like that gut center of like this is the decision or this is not it's either a no or not yet or a yes and so I check in with my clients like what is it about this that you know didn't feel like it was right and really being able to decipher if my client is trying to make a decision from their mind as opposed to their authority because no one's authority 
authority is their mind in human design. And one of my favorite things that I read in human design is because your mind can talk you in and talk you out of anything. And when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, how many things have I talked myself into and were terrible? Or how many things did I talk myself out of or the same thing I talked myself in and out of? So it's just like the mind can just relentlessly go on and on and on. And it's not designed to make our decisions. Uh, So we went through those three and there's a few more and I won't go through all of them. But the authority is an important piece for you to really be able to see how am I making decisions and is that in best alignment for me? So as someone who's an emotional decision maker, when I, you know, attempt to make my big life decisions in a very intuitive or in a very instantaneous way, I tend to get myself in things that don't feel good and I tend to get myself in things that I later, you know, recognize as a mistake, which is fine. I learn from them, but also it's been such a great practice to really experiment with taking my time with big decisions. So that's a big thing that I talk about as well. But you can find your human design on jovianarchive.com and that will give you at least the very basics. And you can always find me on Instagram where I tend to do reels on different little pieces that can hopefully support you as well and learning a little bit more about your design. And what is your Instagram for everyone that's listening? Oh, yes. My Instagram is empowerchange. So that's spelled E P. Oh, sorry. E M P O W H E R change. So that is me on Instagram. That's also me on TikTok and Facebook and on LinkedIn. You can find me as a. I Hernandez. And in terms of one of the things I wanted to say about what you said is like, I have heard a lot that it's a very American thing for people to be like, what is it that you do? And considering I am American, it's really the only like culture I know very, very well versed. So I do feel like that's such a normal thing. Like, what what do you do? What do you do? But when I hear from other people, like in particular Europeans, um, it's just like such an odd thing to like open up with like, oh, so like, what do you do? It's like almost like it feels like intrusive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to capitalism. So (laughs) we all about that out here. But yeah, there's an amazing conversation. Everyone that's out there, if you have never dove into your human design i can't recommend it high enough it's had such a huge impact in my life especially the last year as i took a deeper dive into it Mm -hmm. and i got coaching sessions from my coach john cole it really has me show up in a in a way that feels very aligned to me and it's allowed me to bring in more clients it's allowed me to serve my clients higher and ultimately it's allowed me to serve myself at a much higher level so yeah check it out highly 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 recommend it ali appreciate you joining me and 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 carrying this episode with all your amazing information yeah and there will be more information i am actually hosting a webinar on july 29th at 12 p.m eastern time and it's really going to be connecting human design and careers work that you know as we say here work that you love how to really use your human design to align yourself to find work that you love boom appreciate everyone stopping by and checking in we'll catch you on the next episode peace bye